Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rushan McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. Please keep listening to Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. That's what we do on Money Making Conversations. My next guest, in Waka Amusa is a black woman working in a white man world, dominated. She's, she's a startup. I'm telling you, I've done several interviews on Money Making Conversation. They say, you got to speak to Nwaka. You got to speak to her. She's, she's, she's the next level, next level. So we're going to find out. She is the vice president and chief curator at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Walker's a music lover, a contemporary bohemian with an old soul. I mean, that's, that's young people. You know, you ever been around young people come in the room and go, man, she 10, but she talk like she 40? <laughs> that's, that's who, you know, we're going to talk to her. She's going to be talking like she, like she's Cicely Tyson. That's what she be. We're actually going to be interviewing Cicely Tyson on the show today. That's her soul. That's our spirit that she is in her 90s. At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Walker develops informative, immersive exhibits, celebrates the diversity of musical expression. During this period of civil unrest, music has its role, especially from a historical perspective. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation in Walker and Wusa. Is that right? Did Thank I say right? Yes. Waka. Thank you. Once you get past the name, we all good in Waka. Come on now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm honored to be. This is crazy. Just listening to the intro. I'm like, damn. All right. Come on all now. Right. Yeah, but, but I'm going to tell you something. I have been like, you know, and I've interviewed, I've been fortunate and blessed with the show because I've been doing it and interviewing a lot of great people. And and when the name right. starts popping up, it could be if you interview in Waka, man, she on fire. 
I said, okay, cool. Okay. Mm. So, but then everybody kept, you know, no, she, you know, she got that old spirit. You know, she, you know, she, she, she young, but she talked like she about 50. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so, so tell us about that old soul and this young body. Oh, Talk God. about that. And, oh, and why people, God. why people are so engaged with your personality. I know that's, that's a lot to say because, you know, your, your spirit wasn't, wasn't designed to just talk about yourself. But when people talk right. about you, you have to be delivering something to them that made them excited and made them respectful mm. to make you a recommendation. That's all you want in life. You want people to right. recommend you. To That's like a good, that's there like a credit go. reference, right? So, it so is talk, a great credit reference, right? <laughs> <laughs> so talk about it being the vice president and chief curator because that's a big word, curator. We're going to get to that word in a minute. But just tell me yes. why people think so much of Nwaka. Oh, my God. Well, I, again, honored um, to be on this call and to be speaking with you. Um, I, you know what? I'm just going to leave it as um, it's the God in me. I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't have the full answer for that. But mm -hmm. um, I know I'm passionate about my work and I can definitely blame that on my parents, um, both my mom and dad, um, hard workers, entrepreneurs. Um, very strong work ethic. And that is what powers me. That's what fuels me. So, you know, I'm all about the work and let's just get it done. And um, having an opportunity to curate and put out different, um, a, a number of different exhibits um, with different varying topics, um, you know, probably that's what people are feeling, but definitely the passion. So I'm sure that that's what folks are feeling. And, and music <laughs> really is about passion. I know that I remember when I was a yes, kid. I didn't I didn't I couldn't read, but I, I knew that I knew my mom's favorite music. That's boy, he can't read, but he know about Johnny Taylor. Cause I knew that I, I could just see the words that they put on there. So I didn't yeah. know that said Johnny Taylor, but I knew those were the words you put together. That was my mom and dad's right. favorite music. And so because music mm -hmm. plays that role and it means so much to us, what does it mean to you? Gosh, um, music is definitely a lifeline. Like what you said, you don't have to speak the same language. You don't need to read. Um, music is just one of those things where, you know, you are, you are moved. The power of music, we hear these slogans, um, and it can sound cheesy at times, but to truly feel the power of music, um, it makes you cry, dance, laugh. Um, want to hit somebody. I mean, you got, you got all kinds of range of emotions, but music is just so powerful. And I love that that is truly the universal language. It really is what connects us. It doesn't matter where you're from, what walk you're walking. Um, I, that's what I love about music. I mean, the messages that are just in the, in the music. I, that's what is inspiring to me. You know, it was really interesting that, you know, because I look at my life, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I look at uh, how music has played a role and uh, I, I, my degree is in mathematics and I can always remember AM radio was important to me. And and then mm -hmm. as, I, as I was touring on the road and stand up comic, I, I, certain songs would just keep me awake. You know, uh, keep me away, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Bruce Hornsby's at that first album he put out, uh, mm -hmm. Graceland by Paul Simon, oh, wow. uh, you know, those, those songs, right. uh, you know, uh, they, they, and I, and, and now, you know, I got my Pandora and I've, and I've just got, I, if you listen to my Pandora, I got from Kim to Kurt Franklin to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, Bruce Springsteen, you know, to, come to, on now, to, uh, as it should be. You know, you know, right. you know that, as that to me, be. and then I got, you know, Florida, my house. 
Lodge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I got, you know, uh, I rise, you know, uh, all your right. day. You know what I'm right. saying? And so, right. and, and, like, and so that to me, when I listen to my, when I, when I go through that whole realm, I got Patty on there and I, and I just mm-hmm. go and I got, I got Willie Hutch on there, you know, I, Ooh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just, it just, it's so important. And then when you're mm-hmm. a, create, a curator at the Rock and Roll Hall of right. Fame, that's like the Mecca right. where every everybody, every artist who's done music wants to get there, like the Basketball Hall of Fame, like the Pro Football right. Hall of Fame. They want to get there. Right. And you Wanna are the there. VP and the curator. Explain that. Oh my God. Explain that role and then explain <laughs> if there are pressure, what is the pressure of being that person? Mm. You know, I... I'm still pinching myself. So this is a recent promotion um, mm-hmm. that's happened for me at the Rock Hall. And again, just to be a curator, to your point, Rashawn, as you were saying, just to even work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and um, be a curator there really, I mean, was a dream I didn't even know I had, mm-hmm. um, to be quite honest. You know, so to be there, I mean, we are running the narrative. We, as curators, what curators do, we're writing the stories. We are the storytellers. You know, you have filmmakers who are sharing stories. You have novelists who are sharing stories. Well, curators tell that story in the physical space, um, regardless if it's an art museum to a music museum. And so I'm happy to be there to shift, um, the narrative to, um, provide even more inclusion about amazing, um, musicians and, you know, and just to do that work. So it, it, it really is my citadel. I watch Game of Thrones and I just really, I'm honored. Like it's my, it's, I feel like I'm a meister in the citadel. Like it, it's just such an honor. The collection, um, is just beyond dope. I mean, going over, Geez, over 30,000, 40,000 different artifacts collected mm. um, that are so impactful to musical history, um, to the fabric of who we are. I mean, there's, you know, I'm kind of going all over the place. I'm just excited about this. Well, you, the, the mean, thing about it is that, yeah. no, you're not, because <laughs> when you when you walk in and you're in the heaven, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like the, no different than, uh, I'm sure, when they put the uh, African-American uh, Museum together. There's so many artifacts, right. and, it's, right. and it, some made right. you cry, some made you emotional, mm-hmm. some made you, I can't mm-hmm. believe this, yeah. uh, I didn't right. know. And that's why I, I started our conversation just talking about music in general, because you can't yeah. have this job being a singular thought person, you know, uh, nope. I just like country. I just like a rock right. and roll. I just like rap. Mm-hmm. You have to have a palette of music. That like I was talking about, you know, like I said, I'm a Tupac guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, but I listen to Snoop too. You know, I I, know. Mm -hmm. There we go. Like I said, that great select album. You know, you can call me Al. I can just remember that video Mm -hmm. with Chevy Chase and Paul Simon. Like it's Mm -hmm. playing on TV right now today. You know, you gotta be born in the USA. You know, you know, you got to be able to understand. That's just some of the songs, but it's even deeper than that. And so that it's even deeper. And would you being, you know, a person of color, people yes. can question whether you should be in that position. Absolutely. You know, I will. I mean, a number of experiences, um, but one of them rings out so poignantly for me. I've started my career, my curating career. Um, a museum career for that um, fact um, at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was an exhibit specifically, I remember right now, was called The Sounds of Laurel Ca- uh, Canyon, California Dreaming. And that's, you know, you're talking about Buffalo Springfield and Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're hitting on all of these really phenomenal bands 
um, predominantly white bands. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, doing my research, knowing the photographers, you know, who were the key players with this movement. But I remember, I will not forget, there was a um, a writer who came in and like, you know, number one, they were looking for Waka. Right. My name is kind of <laughs> ambiguous. So like, who is Waka? Where is she? Mm -hmm. um, they were looking for a Japanese woman. Right. One. right. So that mm -hmm. was already, uh, mm -hmm. that was like, okay, nah, she's black. Um, mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so why not know him as Osaka? Okay, okay she Osaka. Right, okay, right. Gotta okay, be Japanese. Right, <laughs> right gotta be Japanese. Be That's close um, to it. That's close to it. That's close. So, hey, we all connected from the continent. So, um, mm -hmm. so they're looking for a Japanese woman, um, and they find out that I'm black. And so the feedback was just like, damn, um, wow. And so, to, even to your intro, like, wow, so you've curated this Laurel Canyon exhibit and you're black. And I was about 30 or 29 or something at that point. Actually, you were, 50. you were 50 in spirit, yeah, I though. I was 50, okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there we go. So 50 in spirit. And that's when that came out. And that's how that was manifested. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I like, I like, I like having an ambiguous name. I like if people can't tell if I'm a male or a female or, mm -hmm. you know, like, I, I love that. Um, just let the work speak for it. Itself. So they came not knowing, oh, I was a black woman. Um, they came because, hey, this is a dope topic and it's timely for that time, you know, for that period. Um, but let's just check it out. But, right. um, but yeah, yeah. Let's just check it out because this is interesting. It, it's really amazing when I, you know, when I say that, I, I I find so much fun. You know, first of all, your energy and you came so, mm -hmm. you know, so I know the people I talk to, they, they have personalities and they're very opinionated yeah. people. When they say, man, you need to talk to them. She, she's on fire. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna, we, just, we just stop. Can we keep interviewing you? I got to edit all that out. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't part of the interview. And so, yes, and so yes, when, when I look at, when I look at you, you said you started the Grammy Museum. Okay. Tell mm -hmm. us about your, your, you know, because people want to know how you get these gigs, you know, well, did you, right. can you sing? Can you, you're a spoken word artist? Can you play an mm -hmm. instrument? Uh, was mm -hmm. your degree, well, did you go to college major in music or art? Right. What, what, what right. are those key things that got you in this position? at the, the Grammy Museum and now at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as the vice president mm. and curator, mm. chief, mm. Now, give oh me chief curator, CC, oh. she's a CC oh. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just give people, just CC her. Who's that? No, the chief curator. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, the long short um, is essentially, I just will say is my title thing is just stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, I had no idea. Again, I'm a daughter of an immigrant mother from the South. Like I had no idea what a curator was. So that was not my initial aspiration, mm -hmm. nor did I truly understand the, um, the impact of museums. Um, you know, at a younger age for someone to say, hey, you know, I'm going in with, as a bachelor's, you know, as an undergrad with museum studies. It was not, that was not me. Um, so again, my passion just for music in general, not having access to it um, because I grew up in a very Pentecostal home where we were only listening to gospel music. I mm. mean, maybe some, maybe some James Brown, you know, some obviously some uh, Supreme, a lot of Motown mm -hmm, um, in mm -hmm. general. So I was able to at least be introduced to these foundational um, musicians and <laughs> in our music. Come on, you know, <laughs> oh, my dad, look, cute. Um, my dad being Nigerian, we got to Bob Marley, of course, and oh, Kayla yeah. and all of these, 
you know, really I don't want to invest in that bed. No, no, no. Come on. Oh, that's my jam. Come on, that's my jam, girl. You better start uh, that. Right? <laughs> We gonna do it like a name that tune in a minute. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, tune, I might hurt okay. you. I might don't get yourself hurt on right. money making conversations. Don't, don't please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Um, but you know, just truly stepping out of my comfort zone is is how I got started at the Grammy Museum. From you know stepping up to volunteering myself to curate my first exhibit, which is called Hip Hop: A Cultural Odyssey, and just to really launch out and reach and connect different artists and um, managers and publishers. This is a whole business. When you're working in a music museum, it's interesting because, you know, your foot is in the music industry to an extent and your foot is in the museum world. Right. Um, so, so I love that that makes things so interesting. Um, so to grow in that and just learn and working with such a, a prominent organization like the Recording Academy, um, definitely you know, now looking at it, I mean, because I did not write this script, um, but looking at it now to be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is such an honorable um, progression in my career. And I'm just, look, I started out in the box office working part time. Okay. Um, I look, okay. So that's the real, you know, the real deal. And I was like, damn, okay. So I can, I can do this and love music as much as I do. Like, so yes, I do sing, play a mean old tambourine. Don't have me come on your, uh, on your show and do that. You had to bring me on for that as, as another thing. Be, but, be hurting um, your hip. Be hurting your hip, girl. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> but you know, starting out, just taking chances. I, I had no idea what the Grammy Museum had to offer, but again, put it in the work, starting from the bottom, hustling and growing and seeing how, how the institution works, how it's built. Um, and seeing that from the doors, um, I think I had the best view in that institution from, um, from being a ticket taker. So that was really interesting. Like I had the ticket master background and knew how to build shows and all of that. So I, again, just utilizing all of my talents, then my passion for the music, passion for education, um, all of those things were able to be, um, used in one place. And that's why I was like, wow, this is, this is the thing. This is it for me. All of the other ideas that I thought I had for myself um, kind of went out the window. You know, I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. And I'm like, I still get to deal with um, lawyers and attorneys all the time with the states and dealing with contracts. So I get to, you know, scratch that itch, you know, um, the music part again, that's daily. Um, but there's just so much that I get to do in this role and I'm honored and really in the education component of it was excited to share my path and my journey with you to know that, you know, you don't have to know everything. Uh, you don't know, need to know what you want to be leaving college, leaving right out of high school or whatever it is. And especially in today's climate, but to know that you can find a career in a museum or, um, you know, in these odd, odd places and these unique jobs, there's, there's work to be done. And now with COVID, we're learning that there's so much to be done. Um, we're just evolving the way we create at this point. So, you know, um, you yeah, know, it's really amazing. Um, when I, when I interview people, I, I, I look at my life, you know, because it, it starts mm-hmm. someplace why these people forced need to be heard. And my minor in college, like my degree is in mathematics. My minor was in sociology, mm-hmm. sociology. Oh, and that's your degree. Come on. And I, I always tell people that sociology changed my life, you know, because of the fact that it made me realize what, 
why we're all fighting right now, that so mm-hmm. much was denied educationally in my high school career, my middle school career. They just stopped. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, mm-hmm. you know, they brought us over as slaves. They freed us. Mm-hmm. And then they swung forward to Brown versus the Board of Education. Then they went to mm-hmm. Martin Luther King. He got assassinated. And that was it. That was our black history. And that's right. our, that was our black right. participation in this country, according to the people who allowed that information to be out because they didn't want to let anybody know how we were mistreated. Like, and that's what the, right. that's what I respect about the Jewish community. They got their story told. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people, they're mm-hmm. telling their story. They're, they're letting everybody right. know what the Germans did and what the Holocaust was. Don't you, don't you try to mask right. this. Y'all did this to us. Right. And so what right. has happened with right. blacks in America, and when you, when I took this, it brought me to tears. I realized I didn't know. I didn't know because uh-huh. nobody allowed that information to be shared with me. Come on now. Come on now. And so That's it. I, I, whenever I meet a, a fellow sociology major or minor person, it's a certain kinship mm-hmm. because guess what? You know what I know. You know the pain yes. that I'm talking about. You know the anger that I'm talking right. about. The disappointment, right. I have to say, in the American uh, educational system, denying information. Absolutely. Come on now. And that's true. And then and then when you look at it, too, I'm like the role that we play in what we do in society is really to just be truth tellers, to really break the truth in whatever it is. I mean, that's Nina Simone's quote to be to be a reflection of the times. And that's why I love we can break bread. Me and you, me and you can break some bread. You know what I'm saying? Look, we can break it. Let's do it. You because, know, and have some wine with because, it. But you know, and it and it's and it's so true. I mean, and whatever your career path is, be be an activist in that. And that's where I was like, hey, we can change the narrative. We can share stories that have never been told or highlight musicians whose stories aren't out there, the Laverne Bakers of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's share those stories. Let's talk about those stories and to be able to do that like you're doing through your show, to do that in a museum like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Grammy Museum or whoever, the Smithsonian, it's, it's an honor to write that history that people can then go back and have another and a, a fresh perspective based on something that you were able to to introduce. I think that's powerful. Well, it's, 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 talking to you is powerful. Talking to, mm. you know, why I, why I started this show. Every interview I go, I get more relaxed. I get more honest about, because, you know, you start mm-hmm. an idea. Everything starts with an idea. You don't know if people buy into yeah. it and, they, and people. Right. And, and, you know, I remember when I first started the show, you know, I didn't know if they was calling me because they, they know I knew famous people like Steve Harvey. I was managing him or, mm-hmm. or they called him because Rashawn McDonald, they wanted hair. They wanted to buy into what I was trying to say. And so now this mm-hmm. changed. The people are understanding my message is about them. You know, you're the star. You know, you but you know, mm-hmm. but it's a star in a different lane because everybody used to the stars and on television and the film. Right. But the right. stars are the entrepreneurs. Stars are the people with the machines, the 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 the, mm-hmm. the people who we call the the movers and the shakers of this business who sometimes are in yeah. private planes and the people who you consider a star still on first class, you know, and that's Come how on, the, right. this business is great. I'm talking to uh, reset the state. I'm talking to the vice president and chief mm-hmm. curator, curator. I call mm-hmm. her CC mm-hmm. at the rock and roll <laughs> hall of fame in Cleveland. You know, see, I'm just telling y'all yeah. this. I, I'm just catching her on the, um, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the rise, she was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, she was yeah. just, it, she was, Cleveland just did a big spread on her. 
a few days ago. She said, yes, you, you, you're right. That's, how you know all that stuff? How you know all that? Because see, see I know because see, you are, you, you, I'm not the person pro- 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 proclaiming you as the next big star in this, in this, in this, when I say a perfect time, she's black. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Mm. She's informative. She's oh, educated. She has a resume. You. you know, I always tell people, you know, you, 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 the next step is president. See, see you, hey, you vice president. Look, there see, we go. See, you're not down right. there at the, uh, you know, you're not down there selling tickets no more. You know what I'm saying? And I right. like her because okay. she got two titles. You know what I'm saying? She walk right. around the room. Just in case she get bored of being a VP, let me go and just be a chief creator right quick. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all doing over here? Chief creator is in the room. <laughs> oh, so so let's let's tell everybody oh, what a goodness. chief curator is. It's not some 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 contraption in your oh, kitchen to make oh, bread. God. Okay, <laughs> it's not a blender no, that you can not. buy on late no. night TV. Okay, what is it? It's not a Vitamix uh, 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 juicer. What oh, is a God. chief curator? <laughs> oh my God, Gather yourself. Oh, Gather yourself. <clears throat> yes, but uh, essentially, <laughs> the, the the Webster dictionary term for curator is is truly just the keeper of the collection or um, the custodian of the museum. So I'm overseeing uh, the entire curatorial affairs division, mm-hmm. and so that's from our library and archives um, into our collections, into our curators and preparators and I mean it's a it's a team that makes all of this move and work so um, I am managing that team overseer of that um, and making sure that you know the narratives and the stories the artifacts that we collect um, are relevant are powerful um, and are making sure that we're keeping the museum um, moving forward keeping the community moving forward keeping our perspectives um, moving forward so i'm again honored to be in this role like to be a gatekeeper even is just an honor so so yeah that's that's my job as, as chief curator <laughs> how i would define it how i would define it now that i done came down you got me cackling over here i need some water like i need some water <laughs> Okay, uh, 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 Chief Curator, <laughs> your latest exhibit has been said all along, has been said all along, Voices of Rage, Hope, and Empowerment. Uh, share with us, you know, what's, uh, what that is about and why it's important, because when I, when we, we started out talking about the importance of music and, and you was, like mm-hmm. you said, walking in. How do you get the information? How, do you, how does information come to you or, or, or records come to you or guitars come to you or jackets come to you? Because all this is a part of the, the process of what should be in the, in the museum and why it's important to put in the museum. Because aren't mm-hmm. you kind of like limited on your space because the building is a certain size and, mm-hmm. and then you say, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm stuck. What do I, what do I put it? Does I just put it on video now? How do you continue right. to grow your brand? Right. Um, you're completely a thousand percent correct that we have a finite space of, of what we can, you know, exhibit in the museum, um, a finite number of galleries in the museum and a growing collection, um, which is absolutely beautiful to have a, a you know, a, a solid permanent collection that can help to tell, tell a story like it's been said all along. Um, I was really grateful to be able to just pull artifacts 
from our collection that have either never been on display before mm-hmm. um, or to, you know, go out and, and look for new artifacts to help um, further the conversation with newer artists um, who are making music now and who are our new um, crooners and culture shifters of today um, and to continue to tell that story. So, you know, it, in this world, in this co- curating through COVID, as I call it, mm-hmm. um, which is something that we're all doing, um, is recurating how we reach people. So to do things virtually now, um, virtual exhibits, you know, was something that museums played with, but it's now something that we're having to rely more heavily on just because you know, tourism is down. Museums are closed um, permanently or, you know, temporarily. So mm-hmm. we have to find new ways of reaching our audience. So to go beyond the gallery space, to go beyond 10,000 square feet or 7,000 square feet um, and make it virtual where the globe can see the work and, and learn from it and be inspired and moved by it. That's really powerful. So we are shifting to a more digital um, experience that we create for our visitors. Um, but you did ask me about, it's been said all along, Voices of Rage, Hope and Empowerment. And that really was birthed out of, I'm calling it our civil rights of this new millennium. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the civil rights movement of 2020, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, these uh, the killing, the murders um, right. of, you know, black bodies, let's just call it what it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the murders of black bodies, the the musicians who have risen to the occasion to lend their voice and put their bodies on the line um, musically, um, putting their careers on the line by speaking up and speaking out um, during such a critical time um, and to continue to, to pass on those messages and narratives that inspire this new generation. Because when you look at it historically in every war, going back to civil wars, revolutionary wars, the musicians, the bands always went out first. Come on those now. trumpets and those horns were facing the soldiers. Those people who are on the front lines, the music was always a part of the narrative. It is a part of our cultural shift. Like every revolution has a soundtrack. So from Martin Luther King having marching arm in arm with Mavis Staples or the Staples Singers or, you know, uh, Isaac Hayes being in the mix or whoever. I Come mean, from the, the, the Marvin Gaye, the music, brother, is, uh, Marvin Gaye. Come Far on. too many of us Come on. I mean, the whole thing, um, music has always played a critical Whoa. part. So to anyone who I say who wants to diminish that, um, you got to be blind and disillusioned. I mean, so that's why this exhibit is called It's Been Said All Along, mm-hmm. highlighting black voices um, who have been speaking out about injustice and inequality and for equal rights. One of the things that I love about managing our collection and being so new to Cleveland and to the Rock Hall is that I'm discovering things maybe that um, the staff may have forgotten about or, you know, they may have seen it. So it's fresh to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really nice to pull out these things that are in our vault. Um, we have these beautiful lyrics written by uh, James Brown. We always typically hear, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Right. We mm-hmm. don't hear the other anthem don't open up the door for me uh, or, you know, I don't need nobody to open up the door. For I know me. that song. I'll get it myself. You know, Come on now. we have the lyrics. We have the lyrics. I know that song. That anthem. I get it we myself. Have to to it. 
I get it myself. I don't need nobody to, I don't need you to do this for me. So, I mean, we have those lyrics. That Those are affirmations. Those are messages of of um, strength, of rage, of hope, empowerment. And so that's where I wanted us to, you know, we go through these transitions of rage, hope, and empowerment and still come out resilient. Um, the photos that are even on display in this exhibit are primarily from Black photographers, um, some who people may know, some who they may not, um, including Chuck Stewart, um, who is phenomenal, um, who shot the the album cover for Gil Scott Heron and, and for that single, uh, the revolution will not be televised. Mm. Uh, I mean, there, uh, Johannesburg. Girl, Joe, I'm, come on now. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Look, just, you yeah. make me mad, girl. I want to just follow your eyes. I want to be like, oh, your, a little bitty black man on your shoulder. Just walking around. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. And Walker, turn right, turn right. Ooh, girl. Girl, who you talking to? Nobody, nobody, nobody. Oh, God, you should, no. Shut up, shut up. I told you I can't let you in here. They find out you on my shoulder, they're going to knock you off. Oh, because God. every time you talk, I'm just, oh, that song. That's, oh, I'm, I'm just dropping a word, a lyric on you. Because, girl, that, yeah. that's, that is a beautiful thing to be part of history, living history, and being able to. Living history. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, no, my God. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. So it is. It is, you know, a celebration of the past, but while we are also looking at the the musicians, the songwriters, the creators of the future um, to, you know, be inspired by their work as well. So that's, you know, essentially what that exhibit is. But it was it was such a powerful thing to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, during that time. And it's a great way, again, to to make sure that these artists are continued to be talked about in these institutions in, uh, in the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, again, holding, holding voices and holding leaders accountable. I mean, these stories and narratives should always exist um, within our institutions. So um, I'm doing my due diligence as, as CC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to make sure, Chief to curator make sure for the people who right. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the people who don't know, um, but to make sure that these stories are are always in the narrative, because the important thing that you said, like like you said, not knowing about um, these important moments in our wow. history and learning about them in school and your undergrad and your sociology and your Afro studies, and, I'm and tell you to something. be awakened by know. them. I'm telling you something, Marco. You know what I'm talking about. When you started, you go for real. For yeah, it was like it was like it was it was it was it was tragic information for me, because I was one of these guys who well read, smart. I'm one of those one of know it all guys, and I, I was right. going like, "You kidding me? You got to be kidding me! This got to be a lie! Right. This can't be the truth!" Right. So it is so much information that is denied of everybody, right. white people, Hispanics, right. blacks, especially, mm-hmm. that when you hear mm-hmm. it being told to, you go, oh, this is some black stuff. This is some, this is some made right. up. This is some fake news. Uh-huh. Ain't no way black people did uh-huh. all this. And right. it got crushed. We did. we did. Right. We did. Mm. We did. And to mm. see that I have a beautiful, as they say, black queen up there, the <laughs> vice president, a.k.a. CCT creator <laughs> at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Now, I know you've been to Slimans, yes. right? Gotta go to Slimans and get you some sandwiches up there in Cleveland. Yes, I have 
I've been the slagging. I've been the slagging once. I did. See, see, that's why me and you go get low. See what I'm saying? That's why me. Well, as soon as this pandemic, I'm gonna get on. I'm I'm gonna apply. Cleveland, too much I got to do up there. But I'm gonna get up there to Cleveland. Come on, look, come on. Well, look now. Now the weather. Now the weather's taking a turn. You know, fall is fall is up on that. But no, but no, no, no. I love cold weather. I I lived in Chicago five years. I got clothes that I can't. I'm in Atlanta now. I got clothes, oh, girl. Just, oh, they just sit. Okay. They just sit in my. They just sit in my closet because I have no reason to put them on right now, because okay, the weather. The weather. Oh yeah, but to yeah, Cleveland, yeah. I walk. I step on the plane. People look at me like I'm. Oh, he's just no. He ready. He ready. He ready for everything. <laughs> he ready for everything. But you know, the, the beauty of why I brought you on the show is to let the world know about you because you are a rising Thank star. You. you are a representative of what we need. People who are willing to share Thank the information, you. but more importantly, respected, not because of the color of your skin, but who you are, because he, the color of your skin would have stopped you. Who you are mm-hmm. got you to your job. And that's what important we that we need to understand. That's the narrative that's being discussed on Money Making Conversation today. I want to thank you. You know, it's 31 minutes. We got to stop talking. So I don't know why oh, people God. come on the show. Dang. I tell wow. them, I tell them 28 minutes, they be just talking, just talking, just talking. And we can talk at this 32 minutes. I ain't taking no blame for this, y'all. And Walker can talk. That's why she got the job. The girl don't know how to stop Wait, talking. Right. She don't know how to stop talking. People up here, they probably walking around with earplugs on. They probably walking around with earplugs on. She oh, talked too much. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Look, probably you ain't lying. Thank you so much for having me, though. Truly honored for you recognizing me, and um, and just for all those voices who are, who are rooting for me as well. Thank you. So I'm much. rooting, and you stay safe. We talk soon. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, if you want to hear more money making conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. <laughs>